0: What's up sports fans and welcome to another episode of football fanatics here on final timeout sports I'm your host as always Forbes Crowley joined by my co-host Fernando doctors and our guest yet again here on episode 8 David Friedman on this episode We're gonna be talking about the NFC South I'm sure we're gonna get a lot of feedback on how we talked about Tom Brady too much but Without further ado, let's talk about Tom Brady and the Bucks. Nando. How do you have the how do you have the Bucks finishing this season?
1: Well, not to be that guy, but the Bucks are going to have, yet again, another uh, awesome season. Um, you can consider me penciled in for having them to win the Super Bowl as well. You heard it here first, folks. Um, finishing the season at 14-3, they will not lose a single game to any team in the NFC South. Moreover, all of their pretty tough games this season will be played at home and I think they're going to find their groove with 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 another insanely talented team you just see a bunch of veterans um I mean this this is gonna this is gonna be this is gonna be the team to beat in my opinion uh definitely in the NFC um you know I see a regression a bit with the Packers as well as the Rams um, so I think that this this will definitely be the team to beat. Uh, beginning with you know new additions to the squad. Um, you know they added Julio Jones, veteran wide receiver. Hopefully he stays healthy, as he will you know be alongside a guy like Mike Evans. You know Chris Godwin returning from ACL injury, and they also added Russell Gage, who's pretty good um, from the Falcons as long as, you know, speedy Scotty Miller that they've got at their disposal with our boy, you know, Cameron Brait from Harvard, shout out, as well as adding Kyle Rudolph, veteran tight end from the Giants. You know, he spent a lot of time um, playing in Minnesota. And, you know, on defense, they already got, you know, a top 10 defense, debatedly top seven, top five. They added, you know, veteran Akeem Hicks, as well as our boy Logan Ryan, who, you know, spent his first – What was it? uh,
0: Six, seven years, so
1: seasons. Yeah. Um, in New England. Um. So yeah, I mean, I mean, this this will, you know, not to beat the dead horse, but this will be the the squad to beat. I see, you know, I see Tom Brady, you know, guy. First of all, shout out, happy 45th, Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 45 years young, um, coming off one was probably one of his best seasons last year at a 44 um you know he's going to be angry i think that he you know granted Aaron Rodgers had a great season i think that he got a bit disrespected in terms of the at least the odds for mvp i mean he had as good of a season as you could have as a quarterback let alone at the age of 44 um so i mean he's going to be angry he's going to he's going to bring this team that i hope that hopefully you know stays healthy and can and can you know provide another ring for that that bad man, um, Frito? What are your thoughts on the Bucks this season?
2: So I will save my thoughts on Tom Brady. You know I, I say through gritted teeth he's the the best to ever do it. <laughs> so I'm not really worried about their offense. They've got a solid defense. Look, this is a team that's set up for postseason success. Um, that being said, in the regular season, I have them at 11 and six. And that is just a function of their tough schedule. I mean, you look at some of these games on the schedule. Packers, Chiefs, Rams, Ravens, Bengals. They play the AFC North. That's a tough division. Not to mention, we'll get to this a little bit later, but the New Orleans Saints are not going to be a pushover this year. Um, so I think that they they might have a couple losses here and there during the regular season. But look, they return a team that... Uh, that won a Super Bowl two years ago, and it's it's more or less intact. You know, they have some decent additions, as you mentioned. Russell Gage, um, the loss of Rob Gronkowski is going to hurt. You know, that is – Rob Gronkowski was always the reason I was okay watching Tom Brady play football. Um, <laughs> so, look, this will be a good team, um, and I think I would not be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl. Forbes, uh, what do you have to say about Tom Brady and the Bucs? <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, just about only good things. I uh, I have them going thirteen and four um, with uh, yeah NFC best record, potentially even uh, fourteen and three depending on uh, kind of how this offense sets up under new head coach Todd Bowles after uh, uh, Bruce Arians' departure. Um, you know, Bowles has already uh, mentioned that he's going to kind of leave the offense how it is uh, to offensive coordinator brian lefwich who's been at the helm of the offense for the past three years and with brady for the last two um so he's going to kind of leave you know what's been working just let it keep working um and be concerned mostly with his fear which is the defense um which i'll get to in a sec but yeah we we talked about it the offense is largely the same um brady obviously still commanding that offense now at 45 years of age of course happy birthday to uh uh, the Lord and Savior of the NFL Football League. Um, you know, the Bucks went um, 13 wins uh, in 2021. Um, you know, four losses. Half of those losses uh, came to being swept by the Saints. Um, now with no Sean Payton, uh, recovering Jameis Winston, I think that the Bucks definitely take one of those two against the division rival. Um, they did lose Ronald Jones uh, the second. Um, which is, I'd say, their, their second-biggest loss, um, but not huge considering rushed for 428 yards last year and four touchdowns. Um, you know, now they have Leonard Fournette. They recently signed to an extension or um new contract in the offseason. uh came into camp at, at 260 uh, when he last weighed in at uh, 230 or 228. Um, you know, they, when they re-signed him in the off season, he was weighing about, yeah, 230 and then came into camp. <laughs> I think one of his coaches said he came into camp a donut shy of 260, <laughs> which is a pretty brutal thing to hear from your coach. Um, but now he's saying, I think he said the past couple of days that he's down to 245. It's pretty good weight for a big back like him. Would like to see him, you know, drop at least another five. If he's going to be kind of out of the back, backfield, three down back. Um, but still, you know pretty good uh in terms of their offense you know you look at their receivers mike evans uh chris godwin added julio jones they got scotty miller who's tom brady's new julian edelman um, russell gage from atlanta you know they got they still have uh cameron brait shout out harvard again um and they added kyle rudolph after yeah they lost both rob gronkowski and oj howard um in the offseason so That's still, now that's a a pretty dangerous tight end duo on top of their offense. Um, You know, one area where I'd say there's a little concern um, is the status of their their pretty psycho center, Ryan Jensen. Um, They, I think he's kind of getting a status update in the next couple weeks to see, uh, next week or two to see if he'll be really available for all of the year. He missed a decent amount of time last year um, with some injuries, but they have. Uh, now, second-year center Robert Haynesy, um, who stepped up last year, who'd be expected to then be the starter. Um, yeah, their their offensive line was something that uh, was talked about a little bit in the off-season. They also added guard Shaq Mason, um, who previously was with the Patriots and blocked for Brady while he was there. Um, so I'm sure that's great to have a familiar face, especially on your offensive line like that. So. You know, I think it's going to be business as usual for the most part for the Bucks, taking the number one overall seed um, away from, you know, the reigning number one seed, the Packers. Also beating out um, a, Rams who, a Rams team that um, might struggle a little bit to repeat its its Super Bowl success. On the other side of the ball, um, I think Todd Bowles is, is a great um, defensive coordinator. He, we saw, obviously, when he took uh, – took over for the Jets that he almost immediately struggled granted that's with a program that uh essentially requires head coaches to to struggle in their first couple of years um as it's a pretty terrible franchise but you know you look at their defense past couple of years last year fifth in points allowed per game third in rushing yards allowed uh per game their struggle i'd say is the secondary where they ranked uh 21st in passing yards per game um allowed they added um Free safety uh, Nando. You mentioned another former Brady teammate, Logan Ryan, who's previously with uh, the Giants. So, but they're gonna they're gonna need some of the young guys like Jamel Dean and Antoine Winfield Jr. to, to step up. Um, and if they can, I could definitely see them rivaling the Bills as being the odds-on favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl. I will say a, a Bucks Bills Super Bowl would be definitely pretty exciting and a definitely a high-scoring game if I had to guess. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's uh, talk about the uh, the New Orleans Saints. Who, uh, Frito, you actually had coming in potentially higher than uh, the Bucks. So, what was, what was your reasoning in there? Why? Why do you think they're they're going to beat out the Bucks for this NFC South division?
2: Yeah. So I have the New Orleans Saints at eleven and six, and that is entirely due to their unbelievable <laughs> offense this year. Look, this is not your Jameis Winston of old. <laughs> Where do I even begin with him? Okay, Jameis Winston, drafted out of Florida State. <laughs> you know, through a lot of his career, you'd probably know him as that inconsistent quarterback. You know, he'll, he takes too many chances. He, uh, he's a, some might call him a gunslinger. Now, fresh off of a season where he was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season... <laughs> He takes a long look in the mirror and he says, I need to change. <laughs> I need some guidance. He sits behind Drew Brees for a year. And what does he do before the unfortunate incident where he tore his ACL against the Bucks last season? He actually had a line of 14 touchdowns to three interceptions and his team went five and two. I think sitting for a year under Drew Brees actually really helped him. Um, and, you know, he's 28. He's just entering his prime. And you look at his receiving core. You know, Michael Thomas should be coming back. They signed Jarvis Jarvis Landry. Uh, they draft Chris Olave. I think this is going to be a dangerous offense. Fernando, uh, what, what do you think about, about the Saints this year? Well,
1: um, Forbes, can you first do me a favor and check what uh, what's in Rito's water? Um <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might be contaminated. I'm afraid. Um, uh, so, well, what I will say is, I do have the uh, Saints at the uh, top half of this uh, division, um, due to you know the lack of competition. Um, you know, we could definitely compare. You know, this uh, take a hard look at this division and compare it to the NFC East for the worst um, in the league. Um, that being said, I mean, first things first. I wanna I wanna make a comment about Alvin Kamara, and if this dude doesn't miss eight games or more, um, Roger Goodell needs to really take a fat hard look at uh, himself. Because um, looking at the Falcons, you know, lead receiver Calvin Ridley, you know, he's missing the entire. The entire season due to gambling um and not even betting on his team just betting on other games in the league when he was injured so um so yeah first things first um alvin kamara missed you know four games last season and how did the saints do uh yeah they lost all of them as expected um granted uh michael thomas also missed some time and like you said james winston also got hurt um you know which gave the keys to uh a uh, pretty incompetent Trevor Simeon and Ian Book, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, that being said, um, you know, Sean Payton is gone, left tackle. Uh, Armstead is also gone. Um, and I, I think this offense is uh, definitely not com- comparable to that of the Buccaneers and, in fact, is in, is in a bit of trouble, I would say. I think their defense is pretty solid. Um, and yeah, uh, the rest of the division, like I said, is pretty, is pretty bad. So they'll definitely get some, some wins there, but I mean, we got to take a look at their schedule, right? The Saints have no easy games really. Um, when it comes to playing Baltimore, Cincinnati, um, you know, they have an away game, of course in Cleveland, um, whether or not Sean Watson will play in week 15 is still, is still up for debate, you know, um. The NFL appealed his suspension, um, but they also got to play like the Rams, the 49ers, even the Vikings, uh, Eagles, Cardinals, Raiders. For me, those are like the overwhelming majority of those games are just L's. Um, so I don't, I don't see how the, uh, these guys could lose only five games. I mean, unless of course, uh, Frito, you're betraying your team and saying that, uh, that uh, they will uh, beat Baltimore, which I don't see is, is in their future either. Um,
2: Neither so do me, I. <laughs> I have the Saints
1: coming, yeah, for me, I have the Saints coming out at 7 and 10, uh, second place in the division. Wow. Um, don't, don't really have that much faith in, uh, in James Winston. Um, he pisses the ball away for a living, uh, to be honest. You know, he is, he is a gunslinger, but, you know, he'll, he'll throw maybe, you know, high 20s, 30 touchdowns, but expect the, uh. Expect a number of interceptions to be in that ballpark as well. Um, yeah, Forbes, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, I definitely have the the Saints still struggling overall. I do have I got the reverse record of you. I got them coming ten and seven, um, mainly because of of their defense, um, which I'll get to in a sec. But you know, I'll start with their offense um, and just overall coaching situation um first time since 2012 they're without sean payton for an entire season um if you remember in 2012 that's when he was uh suspended the entire season because of the saints uh bounty scandal um which people seem to forget about a lot of the time um so he also missed a couple games last year with covid but um largely was able to you know coach remotely when not specifically in the actual game but new head coach dennis allen taken over uh, after being the defensive coordinator for seven seasons. Uh, This is Allen's second time at the helm of a franchise. Uh, He was the head coach um, of the Oakland Raiders uh, from 2012-2014, where he went 8-24 and uh, before being fired four games into the 2014 uh, season, um, which actually was uh, Derek Carr's first season with the Raiders. But last season, um, you know, Saints had one of the best defenses uh, in the league in terms of points allowed per game. Um, you know they've, they've had a very stout defense you know in recent years, and they had one of their best defenses uh, since 2005 um, in terms of points allowed. They ranked fourth in the league in points allowed per game, uh, seventh in total yards uh, allowed per game. But at the end of the day, yeah, it was, it was their secondary that struggled ranking uh, 14th in the league in passing yards allowed per game. Uh, which you know is definitely going to happen when you have Tom Brady in that receiving core um, opposite in the division. you got to play them twice. But you know they tried to uh, address that a little bit. Um, they added veteran Tyron Matthew to the secondary who should be able to help, although he hasn't shown up to, uh, to camp yet due to personal reasons. And so far, um, there's been no timetable if slash when he'll return. Um, so I think... Uh, there has been some speculation that Matthew's considering uh, retirement. Um, uh, so I think you know maybe by next Monday, if he's not in those the Saints facilities, it, it could be cause for serious concern. Um, but you know, they also added veteran Daniel Sorensen, who spent the last uh, eight seasons, all eight seasons of his career in Kansas City with the Chiefs. Um, but he's kind of towards the end um, of his career, Uh, in terms of coverages, he was getting beat fairly badly last year. Um, so I don't think that that's the answer to their secondary problems. Um, you know, when you look at their defensive line, obviously they have Cam Jordan, um, Marcus Davenport, who's ideally returning, um, in the next couple of weeks, pretty, you know, formidable D line. So depending on how their offense comes together, um, they're going to need their secondary to step up to keep them in games um, because I definitely could see it, especially in the beginning of the season, uh, it being a couple tough weeks uh, to try and get that offense together. Jameis Winston, you know, coming back after playing in seven games last year before he tore his ACL. You know, obviously, 2021 Jameis looked a whole lot better um, than he did in, you know, 2019, 30-30, um, Jameis Winston. But he's definitely – Carried a little bit, I'd say, by his receiving core and by his offense. Um, you know, Alvin Kamara, don't think he should be playing probably for at least half the season. We'll see. Um, the Goodell is notoriously lenient on anybody who decides to abuse women for some reason. Um, but, like you said, Nando, they lost all the games they didn't have him last year. Um, and there's also the fact that he can be largely inconsistent, um, you know, from a four-touchdown game to you know a no-touchdown game, really not producing like he does on a consistent basis. So um, they're going to need him um, to stay on the field in terms of off-field controversies and injuries, which I don't think he'll be able to do. So then that you look at their receiving core, obviously Michael Thomas, you know, formerly the best receiver in the league, but he hasn't played a full season since 2019, played by injuries, Uh, And also him getting in fights with his own teammates in practice. You know, he was fully injured before his um, extended ankle injury. Uh, He was ready to come back and play, punched a a teammate, um, a defensive back teammate, and then was suspended by Sean Payton for a couple of of games before he ultimately um, hurt his ankle and um, then, yeah, hasn't played since. So it's a question mark to see, does he become the next Antonio Brown in the center of wide receiver controversy in the league? Um, I don't think he plays a full season. I'd be surprised if he suits up for over 12 games. Um, then, obviously, you know, you look at Jarvis Landry, who they got um, from the Browns in the offseason. Obviously, a true wide receiver one, but definitely saw his uh, targets in production going down, you know, whether that's a result of Baker and kind of the Browns' struggles on offense or a um, result of him, you know, losing that step. I'd say it's probably more has to do with the Browns as an offense. And then, you know, they drafted extremely well in Chris Olave, um, one of the best wide receivers in the draft, guy coming out of Ohio State. Um, So same as Michael Thomas. Maybe that'll bring them together a little bit, keep them uh, them both on the field. Um, But, you know, they have an opportunity to be an extremely good offense. Um, But it's, it's all to... Who can stay on the field and how? Um, you know, I definitely don't see them getting past the Bucks. Uh, I'd say they could maybe take their their week two matchup um, where they host Tampa in, in New Orleans, but uh, I see them maybe sneaking into the playoffs as a five six seed. I you know it's and that's that has more to do with um, you know the the Bucks getting it together under a new coaching staff rather than. Um, me having faith in the Saints as a team. Um, but that, that unfortunately brings us to arguably two of the worst teams in the league in the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Friedel, I'll kick it right over to you. How, how do you have the Panthers stacking up in this division? And then the struggling Falcons. So I have the
2: Falcons at four and 13, just, you know, bottom of the barrel, the Panthers, I have a little bit better, six and 11, third place in the division. And of these two teams, the Panthers are definitely the more intriguing um, because they could go a number of ways. Um, I believe um, Christian McCaffrey has missed 23 games over the past two seasons. When he plays, they're a different offense. And, you know, I fully expect Baker Mayfield to beat out Sam Darnold in this quarterback competition. I know that that's going to be making headlines for some time, you know, up until week one, but that's just the way I see it going. And if Baker can can pull it together. Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. This could actually be an okay team. You know, I don't think that they're looking up at the playoffs this year. Um, but I think they have a, a solid defense um, and an offense that really just depends on who shows up. Is it, is it a Heisman Baker or is it a Cleveland Browns Baker? We'll see. Can Christian McCaffrey, um, Notoriously made of glass, play the entire season or most of it. I hope so. I hope so. Um, the Falcons. I really don't have too much to say about the Falcons. You know they were horrible last year with Matt Ryan, and now with Marcus Mariota at the helm. Um, I really, I really think that they have one good offensive player, and that is Cordero Patterson. You know, other than that, Let's not forget about Kyle Pitts here. Kyle Pitts. Okay, <laughs> Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts. Um, look, they win a couple games because they get to play the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Panthers. I, I don't have too much more to say about the Falcons, Fernando. How do you feel about these uh, these bottom two teams?
1: Yeah, so like you, Frito, I have the Panthers coming out at six and eleven. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of big questions here. Um, obviously. You know, the whole Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold conversation since 2018. Uh, the, uh, these two uh, are atop the list of cumulative touchdowns thrown. Sam uh, Darnold with 56 in second place and uh, Baker Mayfield in first with 59. So, uh, so great numbers there on that front. But I do see Baker Mayfield um, leading the way week one as he's also number one on the depth chart as of now. Um, hopefully McCaffrey can stay healthy. He's an awesome player. We we all know that, um, you know, but he's definitely got uh, durability concerns, you know. As you know, he is that guy that, you know, is, is at the forefront of their offense, you know, getting 30 touches a game. It's hard not to when he's on the field. Granted, you know, the whole, you know, how sports goes, you know, give the ball to your best player situation, and that's definitely what it is. When he's on the field, um, you know, they also got, a guy like DJ Moore, you know, Robbie answers that Anderson. Excuse me, is all right. Um, so, is this uh, is this offense as good as the Browns' offense when Baker was there? Uh, definitely not. Um, but you know, can they can they squeak out some games? You know, because they do uh, have the luxury of playing you know the Falcons twice this season, um, as well as some other pretty winnable games. I guess I guess we'll see there. Um, they'll definitely benefit um, from, you know, adding left tackle Akeem Ekwanu um, with the number six overall pick. But you know what? Um, they did also dish, you know, Stefan Gilmore and, you know, 2021 um, sack leader in Hassan Reddick. Um, I think this defense is going to struggle big time. Um, I really, I really don't see this team, you know. Doing anything crazy, uh, I think that they really have a ceiling of 6-7 wins, uh, I'm afraid. And um, as far as the Falcons goes, I mean, I have them coming out 3-14. and 14. Um, Not much to add here. I already mentioned earlier that Calvin Ridley will miss the entire season due to suspension. Um, they dish Russell, Russell Gage. And really, all they've got is uh, Cordell Cordero Patterson, you know, a veteran. Um, utility guy who they've been, you know, using a lot of running back last year, and was the guy who they were basically giving the ball to all day long. And uh, second year tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. So I mean, this really, um, this really will be. Um, I can't even say rebuilding year. They're just, uh, they a team that's going to be thrown out there, and it's just uh, free wins for everybody else, you know, to take advantage of. And I see them going out and, and having to make some major major deals um, next off season. I think the uh, the only real highlight um, any Atlanta Falcons fan has is if whether or not uh, Cordero Patterson will um, have the kick return uh, title as um, as a standalone. He's he's currently tied uh, at first, but you know Kenny. Can he return a touchdown? I feel like is the only thing the squad is looking forward to, and can he do it? You know, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, but you know what? I, I don't have uh, much optimism here. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts, Forbes?
0: Yeah, uh, start with the Panthers. Before I get to the the quarterbacks, I'm gonna talk about I'd say my least favorite coach in the league, uh, and Matt Rule. I just think that he's kind of a slime ball. Um, I think this is going to be his last year coaching uh, the Panthers and also coaching in the NFL. I think it's time for him to go back down to college. Um, you know, I think the the Panthers improve in terms of the amount of wins they get this year, but not enough to, um, you know, I think the culture of the team will kind of degrade with his um, struggle to coach and, you know, actually have players like him. A um, little background on him. He was at Baylor for three years, turned that program around. Uh, Right before their bowl game, um, he was asked about uh, a potential move to the NFL. He said he wasn't interested. He was uh, committed to building a culture at Baylor and grow the program. A couple weeks later, he accepted uh, millions of dollars to coach the Panthers because it was, quote, uh, the best thing to do for his family. Um, He told the Baylor football team uh, via group text, never talked to them in person, um and left the state uh before really any of them could get a chance to to understand what was going on. So then he gets to Carolina, commits to to Camus being, you know, QB one for the for the Panthers for the year. Um pretty shortly after, I think a couple weeks later, released him, signed Teddy Bridgewater. So he's not for his players, he's not for his organization or anything. Um he's really just for himself and I think that this debacle of a five and 12 season is going to really show kind of the rest of the league that. Um, So moving to, you know, the quarterback situation, three potential quarterbacks who could be competing for, uh, you know, a number one spot. Um, Obviously you have the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold uh, controversy, um, just traded for Baker Mayfield in the off season. Um, They had Sam Darnold for the majority of last season. And then they also drafted Matt Corral, uh, and that's not to mention XFL star PJ Walker. They, they went out and signed and gave a little bit of a chance to, but at this point, I don't think he's in the conversation, but you know, they, I think Matt Corral will probably get a, a chance at the end of this season, Sam Darnold, uh, he's had his chance and was so incredibly bad. I remember one, uh, one week he had what, like a 14 QBR. Um, I think he gave like negative two fantasy points that week too. Um, yeah. I definitely didn't start him that week, and that's definitely why I'm not really pissed off about it. But uh moving on from that, you know, uh Baker I think deserves a chance even if it's for four weeks um of the season. Uh, you know, he's been in one system for his entire career. Um uh, yes, if he, you know, continues to miss open receivers, um, not you know, miss complete looks where guys are open, uh, then yeah, you know, kick him to the curb and and go with Matt Corral, the guy out of Ole Miss. But if you don't even give him a chance, then you just gave up draft picks and also offered to pay $10 million in dead salary cap uh, to the Browns for a quarterback that you're not going to give a chance. So, you know, I see, yeah, like like both you guys, Baker Baker Mayfield getting the, uh, the starting spot. Um, I don't see him doing very well. Granted, they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know, some great targets um, to look to, but I think they'll struggle to kind of Put together a good season when you have potentially three different quarterbacks that they need to get used to, um, you know, get on the same page at. So that's going to be definitely an area where they're stru- where they're going to struggle. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey uh, praying that, you know, he, he plays 10 plus games this season. Um, you know, he's such an incredible back um, to watch when he is uh, healthy. It just makes the game of football more fun. You know, obviously behind him, you have Treva Hubbard out of uh, Oklahoma State, who's, you know, very much capable of being uh, an RB one in that system, but you know, nothing like Christian McCaffrey could be. Um, look at the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they, you know, they traded for Stephon Gilmore last year, um, didn't re-sign him. He's now in the Colts. Uh, they have you know Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn, but they're gonna have to step up pretty heavily in this. Um, really good pass-heavy division. Um, and then, you know, they, they added Xavier Woods, who's also a good addition to the defense. But, yeah, this is going to be a year where they struggle. And, um, God willing, this is uh, Matt Rule's last year in the NFL because I will say one more time, I think he's a pretty terrible dude, and he's just not trying to build a good program there. But that brings us uh, to the Falcons, who I have going 2-15 and 15. On just a pretty horrendous season, yeah, don't have a lot of positive things to say. Um, Matt traded Matt Ryan to the Colts, so you know they're 100% in, in rebuild mode. Last year, their offense was 26th in points per game, 31st in rushing yards per game, and 29th in uh, yards per game, um, which is just god awful to be, you know, bottom five and six in in all of those those categories. The only glimmer of hope there is, and uh, that offense is. You know Kyle Pitts, they took fourth overall last year, um, had 68 targets, 1,000-plus uh, receiving yards, averaging 15 uh, yards per reception. You know, he failed to get into the end zone until week 13, and that was the only touchdown he scored in the season. But um, still think he's kind of got nothing um, but improvements to make, and I think he'll definitely take some, some great leaps next year um, to be, yeah, they're, they're essentially their number one receiver. Um, with Calvin Ridley gone uh, for the year and, and Gage now uh, off the Falcons. So then, yeah, the only other real um, weapon they have is, you know, Debo-esque running back wide receiver Cordell Patterson, uh, another former Pats guy. Um, you know, they, they also added uh, USC receiver Drake London, who people definitely argued is uh, the best receiver uh, in the draft, along with uh, third-year wide receiver from Vegas, uh, Brian Edwards, so they also added, you know, another another Harvard guy, tight end uh, Anthony Ferkser, out of, um, he was coming from uh, the Titans, to kind of help with that blocking game, take a little pressure off of Pitts, but, you know, then that you look at, they they got Marcus Mariota, former number two overall pick, and at the same time drafted uh, Cincinnati quarterback Desmond uh, Ritter, you know, this past year wasn't a, a QB friendly draft, and I see kind of both of these guys as being more bridge players to get um the the falcons to a point where they're most likely going to have the number one overall pick um to to get you know maybe bryce young um or or someone uh, some of those top guys in the next year's draft but i have nothing that'll push them over the four win mark um you know five wins from cbs was definitely optimistic um definitely gonna would hammer that under there but um you know, they have Mariota, who's an injury-prone dual-threat quarterback struggling, who struggles to get an offense in a rhythm, and then, you know, would o- hand it over to another potential dual-threat quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Um, so, just going to have kind of a fractured offense and a fractured year for the Falcons, um, which will definitely be, you know, a, a season to forget for-, for all those fans. So, granted, there's a lot of, you know, quarterback controversy um, in the bottom half of this division. Let's go around rank all the quarterbacks, think, you know, whoever you see as the week one starter. Uh, Nando, we'll start with you. Who you got?
1: Oof. Well, I think it's uh, clear as day that not only is Tom Brady one, uh, I'm afraid Jameis Winston is also the second best quarterback in this division. Uh, One thing I will say, um, I think that Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold – this competition will be good um, for the Panthers overall. I know that there was a lot of criticism um, for Baker Mayfield in terms of his preparation, um, especially on the film side. So, I mean, when you have, um, you know, that sort of competition with a guy with a similar pedigree as yourself, you know, also, you know, largely unproven quarterback in the league, you know, despite um, his, you know, 2020 season, that turned out to be pretty good, but he did have, straight studs to his disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll definitely throw Baker in at three and um, our boy Marcus Mariota at four spot. I mean, this um, this is not the league of quarterbacks to say the least um, outside of Tom Brady. Hopefully um, hopefully James Winston can, can prove me wrong a bit um, and, you know, stay healthy in and put up a productive season, but but yeah, I think I think this one's pretty pretty self-explanatory. What do you what do you have, Rito?
2: So, I think you'd be crazy to not put Tom Brady at number one. I won't even discuss him. Um, Jameis Winston, a clear number two. And look, I you heard it here first. This is going to be Jameis Winston's year. Um, I've said my piece on him, so I'll I'll move on to number three, Baker Mayfield. You know. I hope this is the year he puts it together. Um, It could go either way. And Marcus Mariota, look, he is a backup-level quarterback in the league. The Falcons are clearly going for uh, draft picks at this point. Forbes, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I uh, agree on that that order overall. uh, I I will say that I'll have – maybe he won't be the week one starter, but I'd say by week seven, week eight, Desmond Ritter is, uh, is starting for the Falcons. Um, after Marcus Mariota really fails to get anything going on offense. Um, yeah, coming in number three, got to go with uh, Baker. You know, I, I want him to do well as a former walk-on. He's the only walk-on to everyone, the Heisman, only walk-on to true freshmen, start for the Big 12, uh, only walk-on to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So, you know, he's come to the league with this chip on his shoulder. Some have argued that that's been part of um, – what's kind of rubbed people the wrong way and not allowed him to grow but hoping that maybe a new offense new team new system kind of just hits the the mental reset for him and hopefully yeah he's able to put together a fairly good season um with ideally a healthy healthy christian mccaffrey and dj moore and robbie anderson who can you know be a pretty pretty scary wide receiver duo um I do agree. I do think that Jameis Winston's going to find a lot more success this year. Um, you know, granted, I'd still take a forty-five-year-old Tom Brady over a twenty-eight-year-old Jameis Winston. But he cut down uh, on the interceptions significantly before his injury. They were five and two. Um, hopefully, with a fully healthy Michael Thomas, the addition of Chris Olave, and you know, we'll see who's in their backfield. But um, that could definitely propel him to you know a new level in his career and then i could talk all day but i'll just say that tom brady's number one in this division and number one in the league so that's definitely something that could be argued a little more and maybe once we get to some fantasy rankings and overall league rankings we can uh, get deeper into that one but i want to thank our uh, our first podcast guest dave freeman for joining us for these two episodes and we'll uh see you next week for a couple more